Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Unsexy Church Podcast. Uh, this is Bob. I am pastor at First Baptist Church Tampa, and I am excited for today's podcast because I am joined by a very special guest. Special. Very special. Pastor Darren Selvage is joining us, our worship and discipleship pastor, and he is filling in for Trent today. Uh, and so, Darren, welcome. Thanks. Good to be here. Very good to be here. Good to have you. I, yeah. I say fill in for Trent. It's not like he's gone. He's literally no. three feet away from us. He's sitting he's behind right the screen. He's right there. I can look at him. What up? So he's there. But today should be good because you're here and Trent's not going to be on mic today. So, wow. <laughs> that got mean really viciously and quickly. Shots fired. Wow. Shots fired. Wow. 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 So um, we're going to have a great discussion. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you me have too. you have filled in for me before, and but you and I have never done this. I right? guess that's right. I don't so think so. This is like 31 episodes <laughs> yeah. or something. You do what? Once. Did we do it once? To just the two of us? I don't oh. think so. Maybe. Anyway, don't we don't remember. Showing our age. We are old. We don't remember <laughs> things. That's why we need the young guy around to oh, yeah, tell us what we don't remember. So all right. Sir, so be the fact checker before we get to today's topic, which yes. is. Kind of cool. I'm looking forward to it. Um, we do a segment here on the Unsexy Church Podcast, which should we call it the Unsexy Church Podcast this week since you're on it? Because you have told me before. <laughs> it's hard. We have to change the name when I'm on it for sure. Yeah. But uh, we're doing – what What? What the, are we getting ready to do? The segment that we start off with every week is Mug of the Week. And it's gotten kind of lame least yeah. recently, I'll just be honest with you. Well, um, I'm getting ready to step it up a notch. Oh, uh, we going – I brought a mug for Mug of the Week. Um what is more unsexy than this? <laughs> Those of you who are not watching, this is yes. a mug that is a toilet bowl. It's lovely. And yes. it's actually kind of dirty, isn't it? Kind of, it's kind of stained. Kind of stained. <laughs> you need some uh, someone's not Someone's not cleaning this. So this is our, our mug of the week. Our mug of the week is a toilet bowl. Nothing more unsexy than a toilet bowl. No. Who gave that to you? Uh, this was a Christmas present. Given to me by one of my very good friends and co-laborers in the gospel, Trent Robesman. Nice. Gave it to me for Christmas one year back when we were in Missouri. This is the kind of gifts we give each other in Missouri. So do you use this? He, he's holding up, so you can't see I it. Can't Trent see behind that. the scene is holding up a Sorry. screen proving that we have done this one other time oh, okay. on episode 19 on multi-generational right. worship. Fine. So Fine. yes, you're right. You are right once this week, Trent. Thank you for reminding Fine. us. So do and you, we're back. And we're back. So do you actually use said toilet bowl mug? Uh, occasionally I do, uh, just uh, for fun. Just yeah. for fun. Okay. Yeah. yeah. For instances like this. <laughs> like a dog. Dogs drunk out of the toilet bowl. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we digress. So today's topic is on song selection. So choosing the worship music that we we use during our worship services. So on song selection. So Darren, I just got to be honest with you. Um, for years, for years, fellow pastors and I would always say, if reincarnation is real, we want to come back as worship pastors. <laughs> Because, I mean, what in the world do you do? What do you do all what week? What do you do just, all week? You just, just pick two or three songs, right? Throw them up there and we sing right. them, right? Yeah. And for the record, <laughs> I don't believe reincarnation is real. Okay. But what, what, you know, so, and I know because I work with you daily, I, I see how hard you work and all the things that you do that most people don't understand. But but many people think, well, how hard can it be? I mean, they do the same thing to me. How hard sure. can it be for a pastor? You, just, you only you work know, one day a week. One day a week yeah. and you just preach for 30, 30, 45 minutes, whatever it may be. Yeah. I know I'm not on the podcast here, but they can maybe hear me. You write your own sermons. You sing other people's songs. Oh, oh, that's true. 
I do write my own sermons. That's true. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Sometimes, sometimes we sing songs that I've written. There you go. Oh, there you but go. not very often. Yeah. Mine don't rise to the level of uh, public display. <laughs> I, I bet they could. So um, I, I kid, obviously, but there is there is a process that you go through weekly sure. um, on selecting the songs that we sing in worship. And so uh, let's just unpack that today because I think there's more that goes into that than most people think about, than most people even uh, give credit to. So um, – so let's just start with this. Why do we sing in the first place, okay. right? So, because yeah. worship, some folks, some folks don't come into our worship service until <laughs> preaching time. And yeah, and I'm pretty offended by yeah, that. If I you're would, listening yeah. out there, you have greatly hurt my feelings. Well, but there's other people that that, that leave during <laughs> preaching time, so I'm offended by that <laughs> no, as well. No, so yeah. no, but but so some would say, well, we're just there to to focus on the Word of God, and that's what we want. But but worship. Music is a part of the corporate gathering. Sure. So why do we sing songs? Um, well, it's commanded in Scripture, first of all. I mean, we it, it's alluded to, commanded, or assumed that you're going to do it over a hundred times in Scripture. Paul, uh, when he writes to the Colossian church, gives them uh, some, some instruction about what they do when they sing. Colossians 3.16 tells us, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. So it's important we kind of break that verse down a little bit. I mean, there's a purpose in our singing. We don't just get together just to sing. I mean, we get together to, first of all, when we sing, we should be glorifying God. Mm -hmm. And then the, another another reason that we also sing, it says right here in this, in this, in this text, we um, – are teaching and admonishing each other the, the gospel. We're encouraging each other. We're testifying to the great works of God. We're testifying to what uh, God has done in our, in our own hearts and our lives. And it's a it's a full hearted thing, you know, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. It helps us remember. I think Bob Coughlin puts it this way. I really like this. It helps us remember God's word because when we sing, we're letting the word of the the word of Christ dwell in us richly. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why song selection is important, which we'll talk about here in, in just a little bit. But uh, it helps us remember God's word. Helps us respond to God's grace in our life, and it helps us to reflect God's glory. Right. Yeah, that's um, good. I, like I think, that. yeah, it helps us uh, to emote sometimes, or to express love and, and worth uh, to 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 God. Uh, we're supposed to worship God in spirit and in truth, with our minds, with our hearts, with our bodies, with our emotions. Right? It's it's an emo- it is an emotional thing. Emotionalism is kind of a bad word these days, but our worship to God should be an emotional thing as well. And songs, music help us do that. I think songs help encourage and build up the the body of of Christ. Um, Music has an effect, I think, on the minds and hearts of of people. Uh, You you see it in a crowd a lot of times. A lot of time you'll see people when they know a song and it comes on, they just, man, they light up. They just Mm -hmm. start singing that that song because it's been a part of their life and and they they know it. They they can sing the lyrics and mean it. Um, I think another thing we're doing when we think about singing, we're putting prayers into people's hearts and minds when they leave here. Hopefully they continue to sing those songs. And those are prayers that sometimes that, that we pray, not only in our worship service, but outside of the worship service. I think it's a way 
Uh, music is a way that probably demonstrates and builds u- unity. Um, it's one of the only arts I think we can do corporately together uh, in expression. It's hard to paint a painting together or build a sculpture together or other forms of arts, but we can, we can sing corporately to, together. So that's a few things. I think that's why, that's why we sing when we worship. And that's why it's important. Yeah. I think those are all good. Is, is there a distinction between say going to a restaurant or a bar and doing karaoke music <laughs> together or going to a concert of a secular artist and just the whole, I mean, I've been to, to those concerts just being, forthright sure. i've been to those concerts and sure. the whole crowd is singing along with whoever the artist is because it's a it's a song that everybody knows by heart so what's the distinction between that corporate kind of musical experience and what we do in, in church so i think um the main i think in a secular concert setting or at a club or something like, like that even though the, the crowd is participating the focus is on the performer the, mm-hmm. the, the focus is on the person on stage. Mm. They're there to see him. When we gather together as Christ's body manifested here on earth through the local church, right? We are there to hear from God, to see Christ, to see him through the body of the church. And so mm. there's a saying out there, and I, I'm going to, I'm going to sound like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth a little bit. Um, you know, we, we sing or we worship for the audience of one, right. which is, and that is true. Uh, it, we, we sing to God. We give worth and affection and glory to God and God alone. But also we are there to build each other up. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's what's happening when we sing t- together. Uh, we're testifying to the good, great works of God in, in our life. And so the focus is very different. The focus is not on the people on stage. The focus is, is on the God that we worship. Yeah. I think that's, the, I think that's the key word is focus. Uh, the worship that we sing, the sing, the songs that we sing in worship, they should be focused on God. They should Correct. focus our attention Correct. on Him, yeah. not on an individual, probably not even on ourselves for the most part. Right. It, it should focus on Him. And corporately, we're, we're uniting our voices to focus on God. And there's byproducts that come as a result of doing that, which I think is some of the things you're talking about, the unity and, and, and putting the Word of God in our hearts. The, those are great things. Uh, but that only happens when we're genuinely focused on God in our worship. So yeah. I, I think that's a good thing. All right. So so that's why we sing. Right. So kind of walk us through – you've got to have some criteria for song selection because I know there are certain songs we sing. There are certain songs we don't sing. We sing certain songs this week, but we don't sing them the next week. So <laughs> there must be a process that you go through to say, okay, this is the right song for this setting or this time. So um, what are some of the criteria that that, that you would use – just to determine, okay, here are the songs that we're going to be using this week. Right. And so um, first thing would be uh, the first step in song selection for me is, is prayer. Um, mm-hmm. Just prayerfully going to Christ, going to God, asking him just to guide my mind. Because, man, there are just thousands of songs out there. And that's a way under, that's way underestimate, right? There are just, there are an endless amount of songs out, out there right, right now, especially in today's world mm-hmm. that we could use, um, or that we have the opportunity to use in the, in the church body. So just asking God to just guide my mind, guide my heart, guide my steps in that, and that I would choose songs, uh, that would be, uh, helpful and build up the, the body. Mm-hmm. But then practically, 
not that prayer is not practical, but did, maybe you know, I should start doing that before I write my sermon. Oh, I think that you're probably that's, doing. That. I think that's probably. <laughs> I, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I sure it so. is. <laughs> yes. Um, so one thing I I always consider the context. Um, so and, you know, we're putting different worship flows together. We're putting worship flows together for young adult ministry. We're putting worship flows together for students. We're putting worship flows together for kids. We're putting worship flows together for the the Sunday morning gathering. So. Who who's going to be at the gathering? Who's going to be there singing? So their their age comes into consideration. Um, you know, again, is it students, kids? Uh, is it the multi generational gathering that that we do? But just kind of keeping in mind too that we want to build bridges. Yeah, you know, we are apparently our first uh, podcast was multi generational. Apparently, worship, we did that according yeah. to to Trent, and so we we want to have some overlapping songs. Right mm-hmm. there, we want to have some some common soundtrack. Uh, so, uh, so that keeping that that in mind, but that might look different, be arranged different for for for. So, keeping the context of who's going to be there, who's doing the 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 singing, and all in all of this, remembering the person who's doing the singing that that we're planning for is the congregation. It's not the people on stage. We the, the congregation's voice is the voice in the singing that we want to to hear. Uh, I think considering the culture of the church that we're in, who we are as FBC Tampa, as a multi-generational but also multi-ethnic church, mm-hmm. considering those kind of things, um, considering the culture of the of the area, um, even just those kind of things. So considering those those things. Go ahead. So so you look criteria wise, you look at context, so you're considering. Who's going to be participating? Right. Who's going right. to be in that service? So that would include different age groups. Do you also consider then will there be believers and unbelievers? Do you do you are, are when you do worship, you're saying only only believers can genuinely worship? Yeah. So which, do, are you focusing there and just drawing the unbelievers in while they see experienced true believers genuinely worshiping? So I think for and I think this is a, probably a bigger question. Who is the church for? Is it for the unbelievers? Is it for the the, the believer? Who is the mm-hmm. who, who is the gathering? What is the Sunday morning gathering for? Primarily, I would say it's for it's for believers. Um, so. Um, I, but I do. I you have to under. We have to remember that in the pews. I mean, Billy Graham once said, "Up to ninety percent of people in American churches are probably not believers." Okay. Called the church the biggest mission field yeah, in exactly. America. Yeah, exactly. So keeping that in mind, so um, we we want unbelievers to feel comfortable, but we don't plan a service. We don't plan the service for unbelievers. If, if that makes sense, right. we we plan it for. For God, mm-hmm. you know, to give worship and honor and glory to God. And so I think the unbeliever would feel comfortable there to a certain degree. But at the same time, I think they might feel like purposefully a little bit like an outsider looking in, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Sure. Almost like a guest at a family meal. Right. Right. They, there's a chair there for them. They're welcome there, but they don't know all the ins and outs of, of how that goes. Right. Yeah. At the same time, even as I'm writing messages, I'm, I'm always starting with who's who am I talking to right. and where am I trying to take them. And yeah, and even just kind of considering both the message and song selection, who are our people? What are they going through? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, there, mm-hmm. there, there's some people in, in our in our body that are going through. Man, they're going through a valley. They're right. facing cancer. They're mm-hmm. facing the death of a loved one, or mm-hmm. they're facing financial struggle or hardship at work. And there are some that are uh, struggling 
uh, with, with all kinds of issues with, with, with sin and battling sin. There are some mm-hmm. that are just rejoicing at the height of the, of the mountaintop because of what God has done in their life. Just kind of keeping that all in, in consideration. And there's songs that focus us on God in through all of those, all those circumstances. Right. And as we are we're considering the congregation, we're always trying to get to the gospel. Yes. Right. So we're either yeah. celebrating the gospel, proclaiming the gospel, encouraging people to respond to the gospel, and that's not just in the spoken word. It's also in the in the songs that yes. we sing that yes. present the gospel. Okay. So we've talked. About about context and participants as a criteria. You started talking about the culture of the church. So is it a multi-generational church? Is it a single, you know, is it in, in a, um, what setting is it in? You know, we talked about South Africa. Sure. We, we sang different yeah. songs and different settings there. Exactly. And we would probably do the same thing here. So culture of the church right. as right. well. Um, what about the, the actual words of the songs? Do, does that come into play? Like the yeah. lyrics? Yeah. And you, you said it earlier, the, the gospels presented through the, through this, through the music that, that we sing. So we strive, I mean, every song we're looking, we're combing through lyrics. Um, they need to be biblically rich. Um, they need to be accurate. They, I love songs that paraphrase scripture or mm-hmm. even, just word for word scripture that that we can sing. There's a kind of a big movement out there right now of kind of rewriting psalms to to make them a little more singable for mm. for us. And man, I'm I'm loving that. That that's fantastic. The early church for a long time that's that was the majority of what they sang were psalms. So they've got to be biblically rich, theologically robust. They've got to say something, mm. right? They've got to teach me something about the character of God or or the works of of God. They need to be filled with truth, right? Um and you said earlier they just need to be gospel saturated. Mm. When I when we when we leave the church if for some reason and I would never if for some reason all we did was sing. Um we want to people to walk away knowing the gospel because they've heard it in the lyrics of, of the songs, for sure. Yeah, for sure. We, we talked earlier about why we sing, and it's called for, commanded in Scripture. We see it practiced in Scripture by right. the early church. Right. You're mentioning the, the psalms that the early church sang. Well, that, there's a book in the Old Testament literally called Songs. <laughs> right. Psalms has 150 of them, mm-hmm. and, and we read them as poet, poetry, but they were songs. They were sung. They, they yes. were sung, and, and so there's – um, but they're singing the the word of God. They're singing truth, yes. uh, and and as they're doing so, that is planting in people's hearts, is putting in their minds. Right. Um, I would dare say most people listening to our podcast can quote more song lyrics than they can scripture verses. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's why it's so important. Yeah. To put scripture or to make sure scripture is in our songs. Mm-hmm. For sure, I, I learned the books of the Bible through a song. Yeah, I learned the, the disciples through a song. Right. You know, my mom taught me those things, and yeah. I can still today, if I need to look up, you know, Second Samuel, I'm still in my head singing the song that got me to. Yeah. There yeah. it is, right? Yeah. So, um, there's my something kids about can that. can tell you every single president of the United States. <laughs> right, they did that through a song. Ex- yeah. Exactly. Right. There's there's something about that 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 uh, that makes it. Um, Catchy, yeah, you know, it, it sticks in our mind. So, okay, so lyrics are important, and I would say um, those lyrics should point us in the right direction. So, we're talking about gospel. I, I think personally, I think most worship should the song should be focused on God, not on us. Correct. And yes. a lot of the times, uh, I like modern worship. I like contemporary worship. Love it. But I get frustrated when the song focuses on me, 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 us, us. And, and I look at the pronouns in the song, and I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> a lot of times it's I, 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 me, mm-hmm. me, me. Right. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, they should be Christ-centered, right? God-focused, God-glorifying for sure. Sure. Yeah. All right. So context, culture, lyrics. What, what, what's another criteria that you that you look for? So uh, 
a little bit more practical thing is it's just got to be singable. Um, for you or for me? <laughs> <laughs> for the so that's a good question, right? Singable right. for who? Again, right. what voice do we want to hear? We want to hear the congregation's voice. Now, ultimately, don't don't at me or whatever they say. Uh, you're right. So we want to hear from God. We gather to hear from God. But mm-hmm. but as we sing, the congregation, the church's voice. That's what we want to hear. Everything that's on stage should be done to support the congregation's voice. And so, uh, so it's got to be singable, which means melodies need to be fairly simple. Um, it can't be too complex. And there's a time and place for more complex music. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could, maybe we'll talk about, maybe we won't today, but as far as congregational sung worship, it needs to be a fairly simple melody that people can grab onto pretty quick and memorable so they can sing it right later. The arrangements need to be simple. They don't need to be so complex that it's just hard for the average person who maybe has no musical education at all to, to sing, right? Um, the keys need to be, they need to be singable keys. And that mm-hmm. can be different, right? Depending on the context. So Again, that means how high or low. Right. How high so the, you're, the you're range. To, you right. Know, yeah, exactly. Dumb it down for me. Yeah. A little yeah. Bit, so right? we're going to put it in a range. Okay. F- so the average person can just come in and, and, and sing it. Mm-hmm. So we very rarely do a song in the original key. Um, they are, especially in today's music, um, most of them, probably 90, 85, 90% of it is written for a high tenor to sing. Hmm. Well, most guys are not high tenors. And if you're a soprano, we're killing you. I mean, we're right. putting you in the squeaky, you know, glass breaking range, hmm. right? And so we don't want to, we don't want to do that to the congregation. So we're going to put it in a key and in a range. So an octave range, not, you're not just going from one super low end to the super high end. We're trying to keep it contained in an octave or maybe an octave in, in a third, maybe or something of that nature. But so, and that, again, that can be different. If I've got, if I'm in a room full of college kids or students, um, I'm going to change the key a little bit because they can handle that a little bit better than the average congregation. Um, us old people. No, I'm, that's not, I'm, you know, I am one, right? So <laughs> I get it. Uh, and so I'm, I'm going to, you know, I might change the key a little sure. bit there. And for, for kids, you have to do it in a totally different key mm-hmm. because their voices are just they haven't reached maturity yet. Right. Those kind of things. So putting in a key that's easy for the congregation to sing, um, making it memorable. Um, that means the rhymes are, are well thought out. The words you're not, I mean, you're not doing close rhymes. You're not doing things like, Game and rain. They sound similar, but they really don't rhyme, right? Uh, uh, you're not, you're doing, you're kind of looking at things like syllable count. Uh, we're singing a song this Sunday, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. It has a really cool, uh, syllable count pattern. It's eight, seven, eight, seven. That, in other words, the first line has eight syllables. The second line has seven. Come thou fount of every blessing. Yeah, that's eight, right? That's eight. Tune my heart to sing thy praise or grace, whatever it is. Praise. One of those praise. 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 Yeah. So, uh, I don't have my confidence monitor in front of me, right? <laughs> so, so it's an eight, seven pattern. It's easy to catch, easy to follow, right? And so it so makes you, it, makes you, it memorable. You actually think about those things? I think about those things. I'm looking at those things. And sure. now, uh, we, do we, do we do all that stuff perfectly? No, but that's, that's the goal, right? For sure. Yeah. Songs that, and things like that help, help songs stand the test of time. Mm-hmm. You know, you get, I don't know if you, you know, the CCLI, the copyright people, they put out a list of the top 25 songs that churches across the United States are Casey doing. Casey Kasem do it? Yeah, almost. Keep yeah. Your feet exactly. on the ground. And Ooh, keep yeah. Reaching for the stars. That's right, man. And so, um, 
they'll uh, they'll send out that maybe once a month or something, and uh, that's not the criteria I'm looking at, right? Right. But it's interesting to me. There's three or four songs that are always on there. Hmm. Great is Thy faithfulness. How great Thou art. Amazing grace. Hmm. I mean, those are just three that of uh, four or five that are just perpetually on there. They're not going away, right? Because they they're memorable. They're simple. They they're good lyrics, right? Yeah, All the, those things. The subject is is spot on, and exactly. then just the musicality, if that's a word, exactly, is there. Before we leave this this topic of singability and even memorability, it was something we we said we were going to talk about later, but I think it fits here, and that's this: why do we, why do we care if the song's singable or not? Why, why do I why do you care if the guy out in the pew can actually sing it? If you and the praise team are singing it well, right. what difference does it make if everybody else? So yeah. what I'm getting at is is worth Worship, is it a participatory thing or is it a uh, an audience thing? So am I sitting back supposed to be observing this or am I supposed to be as part of the gathered body of Christ participating in this? Yes. So the great, great thought. So you and I are similar in age. Um, one of us is just a little older than the other. We won't talk about Why does my age I'm keep just getting brought up in this podcast? <laughs> I, don't know. I thought I had one week where my age would not be brought up. I'm just saying, but uh, yeah, so so when we were when we were coming up right in, mm-hmm. in in church, there you'd start out with a maybe a big choir anthem, right. you know, yeah. and and the and the and the congregation sits and listens. Sits right? and, yes, then we might sing four or five hymns, all the verses, three or four verses. It depends on your church. First, Some, second, and last. There you you'd go. Skip first, the third. Exactly. Skip the yeah, third every yeah, time. Yeah. So I've served under a music minister who said. The person wrote that verse for a reason, so we're singing all of them, right? And so, uh, not that it's inspired, but you sure. know. Yeah. And then, so you'd sing three or four songs uh, or hymns, and then you'd have the offering, which would be the piano and the organ, mm-hmm. right? They would do an offertory, and then right after the offertory, someone would come up and karaoke style special music, right? They'd they'd, sing a special. They it would was sing called. a special, it was special right? Yes. There was a choir special at the front, mm-hmm. and then there was special music right before the sermon. Every Sunday. Yeah, and so, again, you're sitting back mm-hmm. listening to, to that. And I'm not saying there's not a time that the church cannot be edified by something like that. Right. But I think the purpose of our gathering is to be participatory. And so... Um, you can be participatory in, in listening mm-hmm. um, to and being encouraged by and built up by a, a good song, but in 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 the main, the bulk of what we're going to do um, is going to be much more participatory. We're standing together, we're singing. Um, it was interesting. We've gone away, you know, in a lot of churches from you know the the big choir anthem special and. The one person or two person, three person, whatever special music mm-hmm. section. We've gone away from that. I'm getting a big thumbs up from Trent over there. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes that special music wasn't so special. <laughs> it, it was special, or it was special. Uh, you know, right. I don't know. Right. Yeah, you know, it was wasn't so special, right? And so, yeah, I wasn't saying that. no, I'm I'm just saying, you know, let's let's be real, right? And so, um, and, but now, in a lot of churches, we've 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 just simply replaced that. We've replaced it by turning the lights down, mm-hmm. turning the music up, and putting a a well rehearsed, slick performance. performance 
up on right. the platform. And if the if it's too loud that the person can't even in the in the congregation cannot hear themselves sing, mm-hmm. they're going to stop. Mm-hmm. Right? They're, why? Why? I'm going to sit back. We're, we're trained in that kind of environment. I think we're training people to sit back and listen and not stand up and sing. Sure. And I'm again there. I think there are two different things, right? That's I, you can be encouraged and you can worship in spirit and truth at a Christian concert where all those things are happening. Mm-hmm. When they bring the fog in, that lets the Holy Spirit come in and, and move <laughs> like he's supposed to. Is that how that works? Uh, that's what, that's what I understand, okay. right? And I'm, I'm kidding, right? I'm not, right. I'm not, there, 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 you can be encouraged. And, and built up in mm-hmm. your faith mm-hmm. in that setting. But I don't think that's the purpose of the Sunday morning gathering. Uh, we need to see each other. We need to see each other's faces. I want my son and my daughter who maybe when we were, you know, when they were younger to not just see me. I want them to see my dad, mm-hmm. you know, an older man standing there singing with all of his might, right. you know, uh, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch mm-hmm. light like me. That's the purpose of Sunday morning worship, sure. corporate singing, right? Yeah. I, I think our biases are showing a little bit here sure. in this conversation, yeah, uh, but uh, but we're not saying you can't genuinely worship right. in a church that has lights turned down and fog lights. No. We're, we're, not, we're not casting no. aspersions that way. But I would push hard and say you might be missing the point. I, I, I would agree. I, I would agree, and, and, and especially this point of participation of building each other in 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 worship and in, in songs and lifting those up. So we're, our focus is on God, but we're to do that together corporately. Right. And so exactly, yeah. So I, I just wanted to touch on that real quick because I do think worship and singing and worship should be a particip- participate participatory thing, even for somebody who doesn't have a great singing voice, right? So God doesn't call upon us to have great. It's not singing entirely voice. true. He can he can sing pretty well. Don't know. Oh, that's true. Yeah, sorry. Um, but it, it, but there are many that can't, right? And right. so, and sometimes we feel reluctant to do that. And if somebody is up on stage and I can't hear anybody else sing anyway, then why am I going to sing? So, I think it encourages us to to participate. Definitely, right? Definitely. Okay, so we got to get back on topic Sorry. here, so our our podcast doesn't go as long as one of Trent's. So, oh. um, it was so easy. It was it was low hanging fruit. It was just right there. So context culture. Uh, lyrics, uh, singability, is it memorable? Can we, does it stick in our heads? Can we walk out the door singing it? Do we find ourselves later that day singing the lyrics of the, of the worship? Um, maybe a couple more, I think. Yeah. Uh, so what else you got? So I would say, you know, a lot of people view what we do on Sunday morning. You and just talking about you and I at this point, um, as doing two different things. Darren does the music, Bob does the preaching, mm-hmm. right? Well, Colossians very explicitly says, Teaching and admonishing other with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, right? So even and people sometimes uh, interchange the words worship and music. Hmm. What worship style do you, do you have? Right. You know th- that kind of thing. That means when they're asking, what kind of music do you sing? Mm-hmm. And so um, I think it's, it's so important to remember that. First of all, I mean, I may I'm the worship pastor, but Bob, you are the worship leader mm-hmm. in this sense. Like you, you are the lead pastor of, of our church, and we do. You and I do one thing. What we do on Sunday morning is one thing. Mm-hmm. It's all worship, right. right? Right. And so I'm I'm looking at your sermon text, man. I'm so thankful that you give me. So those of you who don't know this, Bob gives me his sermon uh, schedule for the whole year. So I have it 
I know where he's going most of the time, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, unless something changes, sure. you know, we're, we're not glued to, to that, mm-hmm. right? It's not set in stone, but this is kind of the general direction that, that we're saying we're, we're going. And so I'm, I'm looking at those texts. I'm reading those texts, praying through those texts. It's trying to select songs that help support where he, where, where, where you're going in, in that. So that's a big, big part of it as well. Just to, to, to undergird and support what you're doing. Yeah. That's, that's a huge blessing for me. And I think it is for our congregation where, um, what I'm speaking on, the text I'm speaking on and what the music selection, they, they go hand in hand. Often they, they, they're very supportive. They, they're, they're heading in the same direction. And they're not just completely disjointed, yeah. right? Now, now they they're not always going to match right. up. It's it's and hard it's not, sometimes. Yeah, to and I'm do not that. saying even that it always has to be that way, right? Right. So yeah, but but you do an outstanding job of of prayerfully looking and saying, okay, this is what this text speaks on. This is what this this sermon is heading towards. And so, what music is available to help? undergird that message and, and, and drive that home. So so text of the message, uh, topic of the sermon, that those help. Um, uh, so the, the one other thing I wanted to ask about, two other things, um, and this one might be difficult for some. Do you consider the source of the music as one of your criteria for song selection? Dun, so who dun, wrote dun. it, where it came from? Is that part of that do you, does that even come into the thought process? Definitely, definitely, it is in the in the thought. And this is a struggle, mm-hmm. um, and especially you know in today's world, where we have immediate access to music uh, as soon as it's written. Almost, I mean, we we you can find someone demonstrating how to play it on YouTube, right. you know, mm-hmm. I- immediately. Mm-hmm. And then also another end of that, you've got people. It just seems like almost daily or weekly there's a moral failing or a theological mm-hmm. drift in different musicians all over the all over the place or different ministries that are out there. So I think it's something we have to be discerning with that we we've got to be careful of that we have to consider. Um, I kind of have a red light, uh, yellow light, green light system. In other words, there are. Some artists, I don't know if we want to name names here or not. I don't know that we need to go that okay. far, but you know, some artists are going to fit in a red light. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. So what I mean is, it doesn't matter how great the song is, how simple it is, how how great the arrangement is, how how it doesn't matter to me. Even the 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 the, the lyrics can be true, right? Um, it could be very helpful. It might it might just align with your sermon perfectly, but because of the source that it comes from, it's just it's not helpful to use. One of the things that we try to try to do is build up the body through corporate singing. And if I'm doing something, we're choosing a song that's a distraction. Hmm. Um, that's not building up. Now we've got to give each other grace. People are going to, are going to draw that line in different places, right? right. But so I've got a, I've got a, a some a red light zone where the, we just don't do those people. It's not worth it. So so our concern with source here is that the source um, have similar theology, um, gospel centric, correct, biblically sound, um, that they're living a lifestyle that that is Christ like. As Paul would say, is worthy of the gospel. Is worthy of the gospel. Um, that they're not straying or even denying the faith now, perhaps. Right. Um, so as we talk about the source, uh, these are kind of the issues that we're, we're thinking through. It, it is the person who are the persons who are responsible for the song, writing the song, uh, is their theology solid? Right. Right. Yep. Now, again, you're, you're saying they might, their theology may not be solid, but they might have got it right on one song. Exactly. So the question comes, are we okay singing that song? 
So the my answer to that is depends. Depends. <laughs> you know, uh, I would say for some, I think some sources are so out there that it, I wouldn't sing that. So that's your red light. I, that's a red light. I would right. not sing that song because yeah. um, they're clearly departing from from scripture. Right. They happen to get it right on this song, but clearly they're just departing from so, scripture. So if they're a if they're Health and wealth, if they're salvation by anything other than Christ, yeah. Christ, grace by believing faith. in new revelation, new revelation, yeah. right? Okay, yeah. Right. So these are some of the red line yeah. things. Yeah. All right. So then, what would be the yellow area? So cool. yellow light might be a questionable source um, where um, we we probably don't align theologically on everything. Um, there may be. be and there, then there's definitely some stylistic differences and approaches and philosophical differences and approaches in, in ministry. But these are probably secondary or tertiary. Second, you, normally kind of secondary, tertiary. Yeah, exactly. And they, and, but to, but still to make a yellow light, their song, I'm probably going to do very few of those songs, few of that ministry songs. And it's going to have to probably explicitly lay out the gospel. Hmm. In some manner, um, not it's not. I'm not going to do a bunch of their songs. And I think, hopefully, that speaks by the by the infrequency that we use a particular ministry songs. I hope that speaks something to people as well, right? right. It's, it's you know we don't they're just they're yellow lights, right? Yeah. So then, by implication, the green zone is the source as far as we know. Right. They, they, they line up theologically. We don't know anything in their lives that isn't you yeah. know, God honoring. So that's the green light. Yeah, we're exactly. Going that way, they've right? got a they've got a little bit of a track record that we can look at. Even um, they we we align, like you said, philosophically in ministry. We align theologically. Right. Yeah. So I, I think this is an important question. I think for those that are church members of ours, we get asked this question pretty frequently. Yeah. Well, let's say we have been asked this question fairly frequently. Why don't we sing X, Y, or Z song because it's popular on the radio or right. they're hearing it on their you know, whatever their iTunes they're, they're listening to or whatever it may be. Um, and, and maybe it's because it comes from a source that, that you and I aren't comfortable Just with. It's not comfortable theologically. To. Right. right. Yeah. And for me, as an individual believer, this topic of source is a, is an issue of conscience. Yeah. I would agree for sure. Right. So as a, as an individual believer, if, if you are, if you know what you believe and you're not going to be swayed, then it's up to you whether that's edifying to you or to, to hear it or not. Um, but that's a different conversation when it comes to putting that song before our congregation. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Because I, I'm not everybody's conscience. I, I don't know where everybody is. Um, and I do not want to indirectly send somebody to a source that has bad theology. So the song may be great, but down at the bottom of our screen, we give credit where credit's due. Right. And it'll say this song to the is publisher, by to the writer. Publisher and, yeah. and, and so somebody listening to that song, hey, that's a really great song. Let me go check that group out. And then they go and find bad theology that that we're not there to yeah. to refute or to help them through. That that's a different issue to me. Definitely. And what's making this even a little more gray, not gray, but just murkier, um some writers were good with the writers, but they've sold their rights hmm. to publishers. That we don't really align with, right? And so that makes it you you like that writer, you like that, but a publishers come in and and bought bought mm-hmm. the rights to that song, and yeah. so they own it now. So that's a, that's tough. Sure, it's frustrating. Sure. The good thing, though, I would say this: 
Um, the bad thing about having access to millions of songs, li- literally, um, is it's hard to wade through all that. Of course. But, but the good thing about it is you can usually find a song by a source that you can agree with hmm. to replace any song that you'd, you'd like to do by someone that you don't agree with. Right. You know, right. It says the same thing and maybe even says it better. So as we, as we use criteria for selecting songs, one of the, one of them, we listed it here towards the end is source. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And, and we're going to, we're going to err on the side of caution there, I think. Yes. Um, so if you and I have a question about it, if it's in that yellow area, it's going to be pretty infrequent that it comes. Yeah. And if it's in the red area, we're, we're it's just not, we're just not going to do it. Right. Um, and unapologetically. Um, now, someone say, well, just go sing all the hymns. Just go back to the hymn book. <laughs> well, yeah. we don't know. You know, we, we do know some of those sources. Right. And we know yeah. some of those sources got a little questionable yeah. at times as well. <laughs> yeah. So it's not just cut and dry. Just go sing hymns and that answers the question. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Horatio Spafford, right? Um, we are all familiar with uh, his story uh, writing it as well. Mm-hmm. Um Toward the end of his life, I mean, he denied the existence of, of hell. Uh, he affirmed purgatory. Uh, he was he preached, taught universalism. I mean, you know, so there's, there's a little – it's a questionable source. It and, is, but it's an you, awesome song. Yeah, it's a great song, right? It's full of truth. And right. we and sing we it sing with it. gusto, right? right? And, and, and I think rightly so. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, uh, Rob, uh, Robert Robertson is another guy uh, – we're going to sing one of his songs this Sunday. Come thou found of, I used it earlier. Come thou found of every blessing, right? Seven, eight, or eight, seven. That's an eight, seven, eight, seven. Eight, seven pattern, I learned something right? new today. Yeah, there you go. Um, and uh, it, it has a phrase in there that that just is autobiographical of his of his life, right? Autobiographical of his there life, right? Um, it says, "Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love." Mm-hmm. And and by the end of his life, his theology was so. He was he was accused of being an Arian. He was uh, he was confused with universalism. Hmm. I mean, we just don't know where he was. It's hard to say if he really did wander or if he didn't. But but yet that song is full of helpful truth, right? And it helps us celebrate the grace of God in our life. Hmm. Uh, I think that maybe you know you have Martin Luther, who I mean, I think by all all rights, probably people would say he. He was bordering on dementia by the end of his life. He struggled by the end of his life. But, I mean, had some – didn't think James should be an epistle in Scripture, right? right? right. And so, uh, so I mean, just uh, – you know, but yet we'll sing, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, right, all day long. Um, and, you know, and then look at David, all right? You're going to preach on David. Uh, and we have, like you said, this book right in the middle of our Bible full of 150 different songs. Half of which written by David. Yeah, and – and what a man of failing, hmm. right? Even at the very, very end of his life, a passive father, an adulterer, a murderer. I mean, hmm. there's just all these kind of, you know, and so, but, but yet. God used him God to record these. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so, I, you know, it's the difference is these guys are dead. And there's not, there's probably not going to. I mean, we could always uncover and discover th- other things, right? But we, I think, we know the body of their of, of their work. Um, so, so there, there shouldn't be any more surprises with these folks. Whereas people today, there might be surprises. Sure, so, sure. Yeah. Well, I, I think, um, regardless of where you where where you 
kind of fall in this. We all have to use wisdom yes. in that, right? Yeah. Let, let God speak to us and what's what's wise for, for my walk and how how is my walk impacting others? Yeah. And ex- extend grace to each other. In this. That, that's the next word I was going to yeah. use is grace. There's got to be wisdom involved. There's also got to be grace. So, yes. so there may be, you know, another pastor and worship pastor having the same conversation and falling in a different place. Sure. We got to show some grace there. Yeah. Um, and then humility, right? Yes. Humility in this process yeah. as well. So, Darren, I think we could keep going on. I think there's other things we could talk about. We could talk about style probably all night long, but you know that that's just yeah. another box to to unpack. But um, you know, is there a certain style that's right? Is there a certain style that's wrong? Uh, I mean, just so I would just say in in with this conversation, I'd say I think style is important. If it's a style that that the corporate body that you're with is not used to seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be very slow about introducing something like that because, again, remembering we want people to sing, right? Right? We think Scripture commands us to gather together and sing, so we're not going to do. We're going to try not to do anything that is hurtful or uh, disunifying mm-hmm. or uh, or doesn't build up, right? Or distracting, sure. right? Yeah. So the, the 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 question's really not: Is there a right and wrong style? Is there an appropriate style? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, it's been a great conversation, yeah. Darren. Thank you for uh, joining us today, and I hope this has been helpful as as folks kind of get into our brains a little bit and, and your heart and brain as you as you kind of helped us walk through what is the criteria for selection of worship music. Yeah. And, and um, I would just say, I mean, if anyone ever has a question about any of this stuff, I love to talk about this kind of stuff. So I'd love to grab a cup of coffee with you. and In your toilet bowl mug? Yes, grab a cup of coffee with you. See how we brought that all the way back around? Yes. Yes. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Unsexy Church Podcast. We'll talk to you soon later.